All right, guys. Welcome back to the John and Chris Show. We finally get together. What's it been? Two, three weeks? Finally? We got to get more consistent on this. If we can just figure out how to get our schedules not to be so crazy. So how you been, man? What's up? Glad to be back tonight. Man, there's a lot going on in the sports world. Let's get it on. coaching realm but then just a few minutes ago when I thought the Raptors were basically done going to be down 3-0 because Kimba made an unbelievable play at the end of that game to set up Daniel Tice for that dunk and then we see Kyle Lowry make the best pass he possibly could all the way across the floor to OG Ananobi and just drills that three to win it 104-103 to keep the series alive I'll be honest with you I was super sad when the season ended and they cut it off because of COVID. And now I'm so really excited that they brought it back. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been really nice to have it back. So I don't mind seeing games, you know, series get down to, uh, you know, six game, seven game series. Cause honestly the Raptors and the Celtics had it too easy in the first round. So it's good to see somebody that they've got to scrap with. What did, what did you think about that? Yeah, you know, and I think what's amazing, I just want to give a big shout-out to my boy Marcus Smart, who has stepped into the starting role for Gordon Hayward. And I know the Celtics have got a uh, – if the Celtics were to advance or possibly later on the series, there's talk that Hayward might be able to come back. And do you insert him in that starting lineup? Because I'll be up front, man. What I'm seeing from the Celtics, I don't mess with that starting five. You know, there was tonight's game. It got a little touchy. I'm glad to see my boy Kyle Lowry – Finally did something. Your boy? You like not Kyle really, Lowry? But I just I'm say not a Lowry I, guy. I have, I have felt Mike Lowry, you know, get bad boys. Mike Lowry. <laughs> I'd rather have Mike Lowry yeah, than Kyle. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I just I, I feel for my boy. He just The reason why I like him is because, you know, he has been faithful to Toronto, been through a lot of ups and downs up there in Toronto, but been faithful to the city. You well, know, in all fairness, and, uh, most of his downs were his fault because he kept choking into the playoffs. He uh, and DeRozan, year after year, yes, would get yes. up there and get everybody's hopes up and then just get almost swept out of the playoffs. Yes. And I, I don't know. I, I give him credit. They're a scrappy team. They, they kind of figured out their identity. Uh, Saucy P or whatever his name is, Pascal Siakam, has just struggled yeah. in this series. If it wasn't for Van Vliet and, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry, they would be – they would be out of the series already. But in my opinion, I can't I can't stand watching Kyle Lowry play basketball. I can't. I can't. He's uh, he is he overacts. I mean, it's it's he overacts more than Kevin Hart does. Like you you brush you breathe on him hard, he throws himself to the floor and cries. Like it is unbelievable the amount of acting he does on the floor. I hope that when his career is over. You know, I, I, you know, I hope he gets an Academy Award for all the stuff that he's done on the floor for these all these years that he's played. I mean, he, he flops. So I thought he went to Duke, not Villanova, the way he flops. Well, and, you. and you've got to give it to GM up there. So what does the GM do? He gets rid of, like you said, uh, uh, DeRozan. Uh, oh, the, the since, trade of the century? Yeah, yeah. Sends him down to San Antonio and bust up the greatest, like, streak of all time. And where's San Antonio? Bye-bye, Popovich, sitting on the sideline. I think it was first close, time though. in, like, what, 18 years? 18 oh, it was something? more than that. It was, like, 20, 20 21 something. years. Yeah, 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 and so there they are. What's the sideline? You know, so, you know, call it what you may. You know, I, I think it's – it's. I'm glad to see that it was actually a series. I think this is the series that everybody was waiting on, 
And so when, you know, and then so when uh, Hayward goes down and we're like, whoa, Boston's about to get swept. But then Boston flips it and goes up 2-0. And you're right, you and I are Tar Heel boys. Shout out to Jason Tatum, one of our arch nemesis over there at Duke, putting up some all-star numbers, MVP-like numbers in Boston right now. And so, man, it, it, I'm glad to see it's a 2-1 series. I'm going to throw something out at you. I, I, I'm a little bit amazed at how the playoffs are going. I, I really think that, honestly, the second round may be easier than the first round for some of these teams. Um, Ooh, than Miami? What I, <laughs> woo, I, I, I don't know. Is Milwaukee, did, are they here? Are they in the bubble? I'm just a little concerned. Are, are, did they show up? I mean, Man, dude, I, I, that, that talk about another uh, end of game interesting situation yesterday with uh, touch foul. Touch foul. Yeah, playoffs touch foul. But granted, you know, they got one. Middleton got fouled. So that was a touch foul. That was questionable. The foul on Jimmy Butler at the end was questionable. I, 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 I'm amazed at this day and age. Okay, I, I, I will tell you that we grew up watching uh, the Bad Boys, the, the Jordan era. Yeah. You know, we, would, uh, we grew up watching the Knicks when they would, you know, I'm thinking of Jeff Van Gundy getting drugged by Alonzo Mourning on the floor as there's a fight going on. I'm thinking of that NBA, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of times I miss that NBA. I'm not a big fan, as I just said, of the Kyle Lowry's or the James Harden's who will just flail like they're having a seizure on the floor every time somebody comes near them. It just irritates me. You know, I, I kind of like a little bit of a scrappy, old-school kind of style. Bring back hand-checking. Let's bring all that stuff back. Let's see who the real tough guys yeah. are. You know, and I, and, I, and I think that's – honestly, I think that's what uh, Milwaukee's running into a little bit right now. Uh, I think that Jimmy Butler is just scrappier and tougher than Giannis. I just do. I think Jimmy's just that guy, dude. He's just seriously scrappy. Like, he's willing to do anything and everything to make sure they get the win. And I, and I really – that's why I said it from the get-go. I said it before the playoffs started. It. Yeah, you called it. I said that, um, you know, I, I, for the most part, I've gotten some of these picks right, but not all of them. And I know that. But uh, I definitely thought Miami was going to beat Milwaukee. I didn't think they would be up 2-0. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought it would be – and I know that that was only a two-point game. The time was out, and he's shooting free throws to win the game. So I know that Milwaukee was in that. Now, here's a question. Before we get to the rest of these playoff series, did you see Richard Jefferson's tweet? Did you no, see I what he it. said? Okay, Richard Jefferson said that, okay, what we've learned, Giannis is Pippin and he needs a Jordan. Oh. Ooh, right? Right? That's what he just said. He said Giannis is a Pippin and needs a Jordan. And I, and I thought about what he was saying, and um, who is it? David Fitzdale was talking on Get Up this morning. Uh, Fizdale, not Fitz, Fizdale, uh, the former Knicks coach and Memphis Grizzlies coach, you know, was in Miami when LeBron won uh, as an assistant. And he said that he doesn't believe that, you know, Giannis is a power forward, not a small forward, so it's a little different playing style. He doesn't believe that Giannis needs another shooting guard like Chris Middleton. Middleton does pretty good. He's getting max money, I think, but he does pretty good. What they need, is a is a John Stockton, is a Steve Nash, is a point guard who can score and set Giannis up. And they don't really have that at the moment. Bledsoe is a score-first point guard, and he's been hurt off and on. And the way that offense is run, it's run through Giannis for the most part. So what, what, what do you think? Do you think Giannis needs a Jordan, or does he need a Stockton? 
I don't know. I was I was watching the game last night with my son, and um, we we caught the end of the game. And, and it's interesting you brought up the whole uh, you know the NBA we grew up because I, I had that conversation with him as I say, man. I said, we grew up in a different era. And, and I, I said to say to him, I said, I remember the Patrick Ewing days where, you know, he got dumped on. There were some, there were some moments. But, you know, you, you were going to get hurt before you got dumped on, before you allowed somebody to get dumped on. You, it just, That's why he had Charles Oakley with him. world. Yes. And, and I think, you know, the call we saw last night, you called the first one, so you had to call the second one. It was a and my son, I, oh, We're watching the first one. We're going, no, I don't say it's a foul. The defender was there. Chris Middleton jumps into him. You know, he had a great place to land. He had all that free space. That wasn't an issue. But you had to call on, on Jimmy Butler because of what you just called. I hate to see games decide that way. But I will say this. I did see some flashes of Giannis last night, of Giannis being Giannis of the regular season. When Giannis takes it to the hole, now what Miami has done, they have done a great job at shutting down the lane. And so the minute he gets that elbow, there's three guys right there shutting it down. And that gets Giannis out of rhythm because, I mean, he takes like three strides from half court. It's a dunk. I mean, he just has got that athleticism in him. I I don't know to say that he needs another one. Um, You know, Chris Middleton has been great for him. Um, I I like Eric Bledsoe. I just think – I think almost like what I've seen. We saw – we also had L.A. the first game. Everybody said it, L.A. Lakers. They just have not showed up in the bubble yet. By that second game, third, fourth, and fifth, the Lakers finally showed up in Orlando, right? I don't think we've seen Milwaukee quite get to that point yet for whatever reason. Um, And what we're seeing is they're matching up against a Miami team that is hot from the three-point line right now. I mean, they they are – I don't know anybody out of the East – I'm hoping for Heat versus the Celtics. I'm going to be up front with you. Like, I really want to see Boston versus the Heat right now because of the Heat's three-point ability against Boston's defense and these guys that Boston's – I just think it's a great matchup for the bubble. I agree. I think think the the Bucs right now are a little too limited on their capabilities. Mm -hmm. I think Miami is just a better – it's just a better product to put on the floor going forward for the NBA. And I know that Giannis is the star, but I think Jimmy Butler right now is kind of like the Cinderella of the bubble. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. loves Jimmy right now. He's just, he's just got that style going on. He's got that swagger that everybody likes. And he's, man, I just love hearing how he's brought along guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and he's instilled confidence in those guys. And he's just poured into those guys all year. And, you know, they, it wasn't. A, it was a year ago. Not even how everybody was talking about how Jimmy Butler was the problem in Philadelphia. Yeah. And right. and it before. And I want to make sure we get to Philadelphia before we get off the show tonight because we didn't get to do it yeah. last time. Yeah. But I, they were talking about how Jimmy was the problem possibly in, in Philly, and that's why it didn't work. And I think that's wrong because you see Jimmy's personality coming through his tenaciousness is showing on the floor, and I think that's why Miami's gotten to where they are. Before they got him, they were a decent team. They were playoff contention every year, even though they had trash players. Like, I, I'm not an Olenek guy. I don't think he's worth the money he's getting. I wasn't big on Justice Winslow, you know, but they were still – Eric Spolster is a fantastic coach, and he's doing a great job down there. Pat Riley's bringing in these guys. All of them have chips on their shoulders and doing a great job with it. And, and they and want think, to be there. They, exactly. They want, and it's not exactly. just Jimmy Butler. I mean, look, we'd be remiss with it. Talk about Gordon Drogic is having a great – I mean, he did not have a good season by any means. You know, Six and minutes, I think basically. There, there were talks about, you know, possibly trading him. 
you know, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And here he is in here also complimenting Jimmy Butler well. And, yeah. and you almost see Miami besides Kelly Olnick, who hit some big threes last night, hit some right. big time threes. And my son to me, it says, why does he keep shooting? I'm like, son, he's only missed one, you know, keep yeah. shooting, you know, you know, but you're seeing that small ball that's working for them. They're hitting. Think about it. James, uh, what's his name? Uh, Crowder. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I can't yeah. even think of Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder yeah, yeah. was a, basically a cast off. You know, Cleveland had him for what, like a day, and then they traded him. You mm. know what I mean? He he had almost got to the point where, and then I think he went back to Utah, and then he got traded to Memphis, and then from Memphis to Miami. I mean, it was just one of those situations where he just bounced and bounced and bounced, and then Miami's like, "We'll take you, we'll use you," and his chip on his shoulder because he's a journeyman in the NBA. He has bounced. Yeah. I mean, yeah. from Dallas to Boston to Cleveland to you know, it's it's crazy. So he's I, a great I, defender. I mean, he is oh, a great absolutely. defender. He's, yeah. he's the size of a three, but plays like and where they have him playing a lot of time, he he's like a stretch five almost, but he's the yeah. size of a, a three. So, and, and, and he's doing great on Giannis. I mean, when they've got him oh, yeah. in there trying, now they're get you know they're giving some looks to some you know some younger guys that don't have the build of a Jay Crowder or or whatever. Um, but you know they got some quick fouls last night, and that's just you know, that's giving them some growth. But you you talked about Philadelphia a minute ago. My goodness, you know what a turnaround for them. You know, favored to go a little bit farther than the first round. We know Ben Simmons uh, has the surgery that takes him out real quick. They fired their coach. Brown is like out just like that. And then there's all this talk in, in, on all the NBA circles, sports you know circles. Is this year? You know, should we get rid of Ben Simmons or is indeed the problem? You know, what's well, your take? Well, and we, we mentioned this. We post this on our social media. Is this the time to blow it up? And uh, in my opinion, it is time to blow it up. Now, saying that is easier than actually making it happen. You have to look. Yeah, contracts they, are tough in this. They've got four guys who are almost maxed out. Uh, Tobias Harris just got $180 million. He, he didn't show up big in the, in the playoffs there. Uh, Embiid, I really think Embiid's out of shape. I don't think Embiid's yeah. in shape. And I think it's taking effect because I think that you get two to three quarters of Shaq light, and then you get to the fourth quarter, and he's completely gassed, and he's making stupid fouls, making stupid shots, and he feels like he has to force it because Ben wasn't there. Ben has a history of getting hurt. He's he's he has no outside shot. Um, you know he's great. He's he he reminds me of Giannis. He he reminds me of Giannis. If you get him into the open court, open floor, fast break, he's unbelievable. He can do some stuff in the half court, but just like Giannis, they don't respect his outside shot. So then you're playing four on five defense, and it's it's. It's kind of, I think it's hurting Philadelphia. So they go out and they trade for Josh Richardson, who's got a, you know not a huge contract, but he's making $10 million or whatever, which isn't massive in the NBA. Uh, you know, he's stretching the floor, throwing in some decent defense here and there. But then you go and you give Al Horford unbelievable money. Like that mm -hmm. did not make sense to me at all, the fit of that. Like Al Horford is a phenomenal player. He has a history of being a great locker room guy, a great guy to have around, but it does not make sense to bring him into this team. This team is – the way they're built, you needed some – like when they were at their best, they had J.J. Redick out there spreading the floor. You know, T.J. McConnell helped spreading the floor, bringing the ball up, but spreading the floor. 
you can't have everybody in the paint. And, and I understand that they thought or they think at this point the firing Brett Brown is going to fix it all. Who are you going to bring in? You know what I'm saying? Who are you going to bring in? There's conversation of uh, Dan Tony if he doesn't stay in Houston. Ty Lue, if he doesn't end up in Houston, who keeps being brought up. I mean, it's just one of those situations. Like, who do you bring in? What are you going to do? And how do you make this work? Because uh, I've trusted the process through this, and I thought that – I can't even think of the guy's name who started Trust the Process. I thought he had the right idea. You couldn't get anybody to get to Philadelphia because of where they were. You had to tank to get to to get a Ben Simmons and to get an Embiid. But it's no longer – I'm, it's it's all about now about getting a good team. The, this is the process is building up this team, and I, I think you need to uh, get rid of Horford. I really do, but I don't think you're going to be able to because he owed, he's owed like 120 million or something crazy. I agree with you on Al Horford. Al Horford. I was surprised he ever went to Philadelphia, knowing what his you know his skill set is. Um, I'm going to tell you what I saw from the playoffs. I think when you got a star like Embiid, and I would not put him on the same playing field whatsoever with a Giannis. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna come at you for that one. You know, I get well, I the said size. Ben Simmons. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So I get the size of Embiid. Okay, but this is where I'm at. When it counted, this is what I saw. Embiid is walking back to go back and play defense while his rest of his team is stuck on a five on four. That's what I said. Like, He's out of shape. Right. His whole attitude, his whole demeanor, he got fouled, you know, and then he has to come out in the media and defend that he wants to be in Philadelphia, you know, and always like, I got to change my attitude. You know, I think you've got a guy who needs a fresh start. Troll and, and, Joel. Yeah. And, and I don't know, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know where he fits. Like, I've wrapped my brain. I don't know where he fits. And I don't know who would be brave enough. To take now, somebody's going to take a chance on him if you blow this team up. But here's the issue: the argument is you got in beat, you got two monster contracts. You got Ben Simmons, who, uh, yes, I don't, I don't know. I'm talking about between these two guys, between Embiid and, and Simmons. Um, you got shooting issues with Simmons, and you got injury issues with both of them. True, you know. And, and it's just like, you know, which one is the lesser of the two evils, lack of a better phrase to put there? And so do I think it's time to blow it up? Yes. Do I think they'll do it this year? No. I think they've got one more year based on the way the contracts are going to run out. I think they'll give it one more year. They'll allow a new coach to come in again and see if he can fix something in this thing. But Please. I will say this. Whatever has they've tried to this point ain't working. And the city of Philadelphia is not going to be the city of brotherly love too much longer. It's almost not like, right now. They were cheering no. Brett Brown's departure. All right, here's the, here's the question before we get to the rest of these playoffs matchups. If you have to choose right now, if, you have to, if you're saying that your current roster, you know, you got, yeah. you got Simmons, Horford, Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Josh Richardson, that's your starting five right now somewhat. If you have to choose between Embiid and Simmons, who are you trading? Who are you keeping? Uh, based on the culture that I want to do, I'm trading away Embiid and I'm keeping Simmons. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I yep. think that's the NBA that we have right now. I think that uh, Embiid uh, is going to go the way of the dinosaurs and it's not going to work out for him the way Dwight Howard kind of disappeared, his, all his talent and stuff like that, all that faded away. And granted, yep. I know Embiid can stretch the floor slightly, but I think he's not in good enough shape. I think he's not got his head on right, 
And I think he just enjoys being a troll more than trying to win a championship. And so yep. I would take Ben Simmons all day. All right, uh, jumping ahead. So we saw an unbelievable series between the Nuggets and the Jazz. Dude, Don, Donovan Woo. Mitchell and uh, Jamal Murray just coming, stepping into the stardom. Uh, you know, they, they had shown flashes, but to do it for seven games, each of them do an unbelievable job. I don't think a single one of them scored less than 30 points in all seven games and eclipsed 50 and more than one. The seventh game was, was, was rough going for them. Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But still, just the way they came out, I, I saw today uh, that they're going to be, they're going to, they've already talked about, they're going to max out Donovan Mitchell. There was a debate. Do you max out Donovan Mitchell or do you max out Rudy Gobert? I think Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. I think there's not even a question. You go with Mitchell the way the NBA is set up. I think that the Stifle Tower of Gobert is unbelievable anchor for their defense. But at the same time, the way the NBA is going, you've got to give it to a, a guard who can get hot like Mitchell. Gobert disappears on offense, can disappear on defense if you can stretch the floor. So I think you got to give it to Mitchell. And, you know, shout out to the Nuggets, uh, called it. They moved on to the next round. And their, their, you know, their prize for getting past the Jazz, what do they get? They get to play the Lakers. Or, no, excuse me, they get to play the Clippers. Clippers. Yep, they get Clippers. the Clippers. So, congrats to uh, Jamal Murray and the guys for getting past one seven-game series, and you go right into the buzzsaw that is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but don't worry, Paul George will disappear. Uh, so, yeah. And as I say that, I jokingly say that, the, <laughs> the Nuggets are down by 18 points with less than a minute to go in the second quarter. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I think the sleeper for this series, the only way the Nuggets have a chance, and I think the only mismatch that we'll see on this is the Joker. Everybody else matches up, and I don't know that the Clippers per se, with the size that they have, and they've got some great players, don't get me wrong, if the Joker can get hot and they can you know, maintain some sense of semblance against Kawhi, they'll only have a standing chance. I'll go ahead and call it right now. As you see it right now, Otto's at home. John, Ooh. what am I doing? Ooh. Oh, he's throwing out the sweep. Yeah, throwing out yep. the broom on him. You see, you yes. think that Denver goes down in four? Yeah, I, Clippers I got woke. They, they got woke in that round one. Uh, yeah, I think that they the, the, they had to scrap a little bit, and I think Paul George got questioned enough that he he finally showed up. Um, I think Luca got to him, and uh, definitely got to Montrezl Harrell, but uh. I, I think that that situation where they are, I think that they're going to – I don't know if they can get through in a sweep, but I could – I don't know, man. I think it's five games. I'll, I'll, yeah, it's, I'll get, it's either 4-1 or 4-0. Or I, I, I mean, I, you know, I Nuggets I, might squeeze one. I think the Nuggets get one game. That's it. Right. But I think that's because – if you saw the interview at the end of game seven, I think it was, where Scott Van Pelt is talking about – talking to Jamal Murray, talking about, okay, so you're, you're playing Tuesday. And he, and he literally looks at the camera and goes, Tuesday? Really get two days? They're tired. They're yeah. tired, and I think it's going to show. And I think it's showing right now that they're tired. And I, you know, they're they're losing right now with thirty five seconds to go in the second quarter, sixty nine fifty one. Yeah, and, and no disrespect to the Nuggets. I mean, that oh, Jazz no. Nugget series, we needed that in sports. I mean, we needed that happen, and you know, and it was great to see it. But I will say this: I, I, nobody wanted to see the series in. But I do feel like the Clippers had a tougher first-round matchup than they do in the second round. I, you know, I would have yes. loved to see them switch because I love, I love Luca. I would have, you know, I, I wish 
that Porzingis had not gone down. And, you know, I just think the, and the Nuggets earned it. So I can't, I can't disrespect them that bad. But it is what it is, and that's where, that's where the chips may lie. Okay, so we saw the Nuggets move on, and now they're uh, getting clipped as we speak. And then the, uh, the Rockets, uh, you could argue they lucked into the second round. Uh, they tried to give that – they did give game six away. And then a couple questionable things happened in game seven with the referees. And <laughs> just the end of that game was pretty crazy. Uh, shot, poor uh, SGA, you know, throwing that pass to Steven Adams with 1.1 to go in the game. Like, what's Adams going to do beyond the three-point line? But, you know, at that point, give shout-out to the Rockets for having the clamps on because they could not get open yeah. for anything right there. So, shout-out to them for that. And they move on. Um, and their prize for moving on is getting a Lakers team that basically uh, stumbled game one, let Dame keep shooting, and then they just got worn out. Uh, Dame ended up not even playing game five and going home to get his knee looked at, and uh, the Lakers just rolled through that series. They won four to one, and I think that they're probably going to – I think the Lakers are going to win this series against the Rockets, and I'll say six. I was going to say, I, I think it's four games to two. I agree. I, I do. And I think so. And I, and I feel for Dane and I feel for Portland because Dane is such a great team player. Yep. And, and I think we all pray it's not serious because uh, they're locked in up there. He has got a monster contract. And I know there's a lot of debate on that right now, given the injury there and what's going on there. But I agree. I think this is going to be, you know, Russell Westbrook coming back is going to help the Rockets out. Um, Does it? Does it? I, I think sorry. it does. I, I'm I just I'm saw. not a Westbrook or a Harden guy. I get yeah, it that they have know, unbelievable talent, but yeah. I, Shout I heard, out to our uh, our ACC buddy Wake Forest Demon Deacon Chris Paul, by the way. Yeah, who, man, I, I loved you know the stare down to James Harden. Oh, I, I love the uh, the paddle back with the three in the face. Right, uh, the nut wanted, puncher from weight back. I, I would have loved the Thunder to go on to game. Uh, yes, to go on, just because. Just because, oh, just yes. for Chris Paul to rub it in their face. Yeah. Yes, like I that agree. would have been awesome. I, I, I was hoping that I was watching it, going, "Oh, the basketball gods could not come <laughs> through one more time." You know, uh, but it is what it is. We, you know, it was probably just two hardened flops away from a, a, a game seven win for the Thunder. We all know how that goes. Pretty much. So, yeah. Like I said, he's a he's a phenomenal actor as well. He is. My my favorite his, my favorite pose of his is when he does the dunk and he acts like he busted his nose on the rim and he's like, oh, yeah. oh I hit my face. I jumped so high, I hit my face. Why does why does he just like I understand he's an unbelievable athlete, like unbelievable player, quick twitch and all that kind of stuff like that. But why does he just look like he always ate Thanksgiving dinner right then and there? Like he just always has that appearance. Like Zion's the same way, unbelievable shape, but he just doesn't look like it if you know what I mean well I, I can't I can't disrespect him man I can't I mean the guy's doing some crazy things I think where I struggle with a guy like James Harden is that when we have to rewrite the NBA rules True. to fit your game because True. we love you and this hasn't been allowed the last 50 years of the NBA's existence but all of a sudden now because we love you we're going to now allow you to take another step in the NBA to now take another shot granted the argument is we've been doing this for years but Everybody calls it now, what's it called? The Harden step back. True. Before Harden came in, it was called a travel. A travel. <laughs> hey, so, you know, Will Chamberlain told Michael Jordan they changed the rules for him. So, yeah. Hey. 
it's so, a generational thing. It's a generational uh, thing. I, I do think, though, that I think LeBron's just too big, too much. I just think he's too much. And I know that I don't – I don't think the Lakers have a great team. I don't. No, no. I absolutely and, and do When not. they're cold, they're in trouble. And, and yes. here's the thing. They – they were able to beat the Thunder. I mean, I mean, sorry, beat beat the Trailblazers. But here's the thing: if the Lakers can get hot shooting from three, because they shot horrible from three in that series, if they get hot from three, and you take that into the Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and what they were doing, because those two carried them through that series. You know, if these if the supporting cast will start making shots, nobody's gonna be able to beat the Lakers. It's good. And, it's and I think that's what we're missing. James and Davis had to step up. And in some of those games where James's numbers were low, the Lakers were blowing trailblazers. They just took him out. The same thing for Davis. When James was having a hot night and Davis wasn't, they just took him out to yeah. preserve him. And, and I think if those two things can happen in tandem, it's going to be a, it's going to be an amazing playoffs for the Lakers. Now, look, man, and I, I want to say this before we, we transition. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony, man. It was so good comeback. to see him have what a, a strong series, man. I've watched several games. His shooting looked like it was back. It looked like he was having fun playing again. Um, that was like – I'm going to go back to the Nugget days, man. That sure, it, it wasn't in the Knicks time that he was just out there having fun. Yep. It was good to see him out there having fun. That's what they referred to him coming out of uh, the bubble or going into the bubble. They called him Skinny Mellow because he got himself in shape and was excited yeah. that he was going to play the three again instead of playing the spacing out four. But, you know, shout out to him for playing and playing well, carrying them at points, carrying them at points. I think – he basically yes. helped get them into the playoffs with that one of those shots he hit right at the last few games. A couple 20-point games. just Yeah. So, awesome. what a comeback. He already said – Yeah, he already said he wants to be back. And yep. I think that I think they're going to try to get – they're going to try to work it out. And I can promise you that if he's back, it's going to be on a team-friendly deal. And if he the, doesn't go to the Trailblazers, I'll go ahead and call it now where he's going to go. What, you going to already tell me he's going to L.A.? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Uh, LeBron He'll be a Saw. He'll be yeah. a Laker. He'll be the eighth, eighth, ninth man on that roster. But he'll Trade be off for J.R. Smith now. Just <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Woo! You could oh, this series. Sorry. So. My bad. Yeah, My yeah, bad. Yeah. My bad. So, hey, look, man, let, let me put you on the spot here. Ooh, Go ahead and do it. I'm going to trade this a little bit. So, look, we, we can't sit here and talk about the NBA without going to the big news of the day right now. Is Steve Nash, you and I grew up, you know, uh, say idolizing. We love, you know, playing like Nash growing up when we were, you know, playing out in the, in, in, you know, in the driveway and stuff like that. The newest coach of the New Jersey Nets. Brooklyn. That's how I want to preface it. Brooklyn, old guy. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to Phoenix Suns days. Yeah. So, great move for, for Brooklyn or bad move for Brooklyn? Well, I think that it depends on who you are and how you see the world. Uh, but I'll get to that. Uh, personally, I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah. Uh, is it a is it a major risk? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but was it a major risk to sign Kyrie Irving? Yes, it was. <laughs> so if you're willing to go that far down to the limb to sign Kyrie Irving, who's proved in more than one place that all he does is act petulant and make the team worse, hey, you know maybe maybe you've got the balls to sign a Steve Nash. Um, I personally believe he's a great guy. Uh, he, he everywhere he's been in the NBA, uh, he's only proven himself to ha- be a man of high character, it, it, or he's hidden it so well that nobody's noticed it. But everything I've been able to tell on and off the court, he's a, uh, a guy of great character. He was an unbelievable player when he played. I mean, he was. He, I think he he did a lot that to bring in 
people like Kyrie Irving and to bring in people like Steph Curry. And I say it from this standpoint, and I know that their games are slightly different, but what Steve did was ridiculous. He kept the ball in his hand, you know, for 21 seconds of a, of a play, and then all of a sudden made the unbelievable dime. I mean, I think he made Amari Stoudemire. I think he made Sean oh, yeah. Marion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he made that team and did unbelievable. I mean, he, he, he did that when he was with Dirk. I mean, he I, just, just, I thought say he went out to Dallas and did it with Dirk for, for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Well, I think he started in Dallas and then he ended up going to Phoenix towards the end of his career. And um, I, I, I just think he was phenomenal. And then, you know, the argument being thrown out there right now, I don't even know. They, they, before I even get into that, what, what did you think about the hiring? I just got to ask. Well, you and, I, you and I were texting. I think you, you, you actually broke the news to me. Somebody broke it to you, so you broke it to me. <laughs> Wojnowski, uh, Adrian, it was yeah, a Woj yeah, bomb. Yeah. So, it was a Woj bomb. So, so, you know, John and Chris show has become so famous that we now get breaking news. Uh, so you, you <laughs> Something want, like that. Yeah, so go ahead and make sure you want to follow us now because we'll give you breaking news. So what I would say is this. When I saw that, and when you go back and if you can begin to peel back the layers of what is being said today, and if you can look past that, I, I tend to understand why the G, why, why they did what they did, because there's a reason why Golden State brought him in to begin with to develop a relationship with a guy like KD. There's a reason brought him in in 2015 as a consultant right. for player development. Yeah, KD loves the guy. Right. You know, and, and, and you don't make a move with this like this without consulting your team and your two superstars. You don't. And so when they sign off on it, and say, "Yeah, we love it." You know, let's take all the other stuff out of the equation. Let's go ahead and let's be real. Privilege, not privilege. That's not our job to go there. That, that's not what we're about. But here's where I'm at. Coaches don't make uh, franchises money. Superstars are what make franchises. They're the ones that sell the tickets. You could go and put you and I on a sideline. We're not going to sell tickets. People are going to come out there and watch KD and, and Kyrie suit up. That's what sells tickets. Uh, if we could pause there for just one yeah. moment, we would like to put a plug there that we are willing to coach any NBA team to take that salary. Even if you fire us after three or four games, we would just like that salary, that guaranteed salary. Thank you. There we go. Sorry, well, I broke. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot to be said. And I think in the culture that Brooklyn is trying to build, they have been bottom-feeding teams for – Gosh, for the sake of their franchise for years, they're trying to break it up. They're trying to do some new things. They're trying to flip the culture. And a guy like Steve Nash, when he has the blessing of your superstars and not just the blessing, you ready for this? The respect of yes. a guy like KD. Come on now. There's been debates that KD's better than LeBron James. LeBron James, let's, let's go ahead and say it. That's why they brought in Tyron Lue up in Cleveland for LeBron James. Yep. LeBron James coached that team. Yep. You can say all you want to say, I love Tyron Lue. I believe Tyron Lue should get another shot. I believe he got unduly fired up there in Cleveland, got let yes. go. But LeBron James coached that team up there. Yes. Tyron Lue was a place fit. And, and the guy like Steve Nash has got the respect. I think it's a great hire. I think like with any coach, no matter who you are, Bill Belichick in New England, Mike D'Antoni down in Houston, Greg Popovich down in San Antonio, with every hire, every hire, that only time will tell whether it's a good hire or a bad hire. That's it. Because in a, of the in nature, all fairness, though. Yeah. Nature uh, of the Stephen, game, though, it's all about wins. That's it. Stephen A. Smith is the one that started this mess today. It, it started out with a backhanded compliment and a, an excitement for Stephen. 
you know, Steve Nash, and then followed that up right up screaming that this was privilege. And I, I didn't think that that was right. I, I personally, and this is probably the, the show that ends it all for us, but I didn't think that was right. I didn't think that was fair. I didn't think that he should have shouted out privilege saying that this guy has no experience when we've seen that from other people who have no experience. We saw that with Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher, Magic, Doc Rivers. None of these guys had experience, but they got chances. And, you know, and I, and I think that's what it comes down to was the fact that Steve Nash had a relationship with the GM. Sean Marks has an unbelievable relationship with the players. And I think that's what it all comes down to is you bring in a guy that you have a relationship with. We see that in every industry there is. If you have the chance to hire somebody, you're going to hire the guy that you know, that you like, and that you want to work with. You're not going to hire some schmuck that you don't know just because he has a good piece of paper. You hire who you know. I heard that said at a, at a, a high school graduation once. It's not about what you know. It is about who you know. And Steve did that all the years he played in the NBA. Every, every stop he had, he was a great guy, and everybody loves him. So it's about who you know. That's it at the end of the day, and I, and I think that he's going to have a great chance. My gosh, what a scrappy team when you got a – you know, you probably have a limited center in Jared Allen, but he looks like he has a strong future. You got, you know, DeAndre Jordan who didn't play in the bubble who could be a really good center for you. KD coming back from injury. Who knows what Kyrie brings. If he's good Kyrie, if he's bad Kyrie, it's just what he is. Karis LeVert looks phenomenal going forward. Joe Harris yeah. is a scrappy guy who can spread the floor, play great defense. They've got some decent pieces. Spencer did what he didn't even play in the bubble, you know, so that they've got a team that if you can get the right person, I, and I'm, I'm having flashbacks right now of when Steve Kerr was hired for Golden State. They, I, Mark, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Mark Jackson laid an unbelievable foundation the way he coached yes. Clay Thompson, the way he, and I, and I think he deserves credit. I, I agree. Think, yeah. I, I, I you know, I think he deserves credit for the foundation he laid with Bogut, David Lee, Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, and Steph Curry, those guys, Iguodala, all that that foundation that he laid, the tenacious D that he coached into them. And what Steve Kerr did is the same thing that I'm hoping Steve Nash does. Is he takes he takes the foundation that Kenny Atkinson laid in Brooklyn with these guys. And he's he he's the one that coached up. You know, if you really look back at this, he's the one that really coached up. Who is it uh, that they just traded? Uh, De- De Russell, Demarcus Russell. What? Not Demarcus Russell. What am I thinking of? He went out to Golden State. <laughs> he, he went got, to Golden got, State. He got yeah, traded. He got, yeah. I blanked on his name, and that bothers me so much. But he built him up, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Russell. So sad that my I'm slipping. My brain is slipping here. But he built up D'Angelo Russell. He coached him to where Russell was an All Star. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie was coming out, you know, all of a sudden making plays. Karis Levert's worked his way through injuries. Kenny Atkinson laid a great foundation what he coached. I think he got run out of town on a rail. I don't think it was necessarily fair. You gave him a roster this year where your two best players were basically hurt the entire year. And then you were asking Kenny Atkinson to then take the rest of these guys who were borderline scrubs at one point and make a run. I didn't, I didn't think that he got a fair – I don't think he got a fair deal on how that ended. So Steve Nash can do the same thing that Steve Kerr did with Mark Jackson. He can take this great foundation, use his personality, use his just uh, just relationship with these guys and try to just work on their strengths and minimize their faults. And I think he can make a serious run in the East because the East outside of Miami, Boston, and Milwaukee – 
is open. You know, Indiana fired uh, Nate McMillan after getting swept by Miami. So that scrappy team in Indiana, you know, who, what are they going to be next year? You know what I'm saying? So the East is somewhat open far more than the West. So I think Steve Nash can make a huge impact even in his first year, if Durant and Irving are healthy. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I hope he gets uh, a fair shake of it. I know he signed a four-year deal, but I, I hope he gets a fair shake. Uh, you know, I, I hope they don't jump on him too quickly. And, you know, I, I just hope he gets, gets time to work it out. And I think he's going to do a really good job. Now, I, might, I agree with what you said a few minutes ago. I think Ty Lue deserves a chance to coach again. Um, I would really like to see Jason Kidd get another shot. I know he's already had two. But I'd like to see him in another spot. Uh, hopefully, he's got his head right and he's not, you know, doing the things he was doing in Milwaukee and Brooklyn. You know, where his head wasn't there, you could tell. You know, I, I'm hoping for the stuff like that because what are, what are the positions that are open right now? I mean, I think Indiana's open. Houston could be open because D'Antoni's contract runs out this year. Philadelphia's open. I, I think that might be it for the moment, but. You know, there's some slots that are open that I yeah, think. Yeah, because New York just filled theirs. Yep. Tom Thibodeau. Um, you know, I and I, I'll just go ahead and tell you, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of that hire. I wasn't either. Uh, um, yeah, I'll be up front. I was not. I don't, I don't think Tom Thibodeau's style fits with what New York was building. Um, he, Tibbs is a guy that will wear down your starters. He, man, he runs those guys to death, but I, I will give him credit. He's the reason Jimmy Butler is where he is right now. Because he took a chance on Jimmy, he poured in Jimmy, and now Jimmy's—I mean, he's a you know arguably a top ten, top fifteen player right now. And so I—I I don't know. I—I th- I think they should have gone with somebody a little more, you know, up tempo. Maybe they should have given Tyloo a call, but they probably didn't get a chance to because Tyloo was busy assistant coaching the Clippers into the playoffs, and the you know Tom Thibodeau wasn't doing anything. Yeah, and I really – I'd like Ty I, – I was I was hoping for Ty Lue up in New York because I really felt mm-hmm. like he was a good fit up there. Um, you know, if I had to choose that, I would say Philadelphia um, just because of that run-and-gun style that he's so used to being a part of. You know, but I think another example of this is, you know, I didn't agree with Frank Vogel's hire out in L.A. And let's keep in mind, uh, who would have been their coach if they could have worked out the contract details with the Lakers? It wasn't Frank Vogel. What there Was, was it not Ty Lue? Who backed away from the table? Maybe that. Yeah, that was right. That was right. He did back away. He backed away at but, the last. I think it was a four-year contract. But do you think it was financial, or do you think Ty actually said, "I want to be able to prove I can coach outside of LeBron"? Do you think that he had a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady moment where he wanted to prove that it wasn't LeBron doing the coaching, that it was actually him doing something? I think the fact that people like you and I talk about this stuff and a whole lot of other shows across America and the world that talk about the same thing, I think you're onto something there. Um, but I still think he wanted more of a job security than what they were willing to give him. Because that's, people in L.A. Fair. people in LA, know, uh, just like the people in Brooklyn know, you're on a short leash. Either Truth. turn this thing around and get results because we have aging superstars. And if they're not going to win championships – What's going to happen? Bye-bye. Oh, are you kidding me? You you don't think Frank Vogel felt it when he got hired? 
Did right. you see who where they forced him to take a certain assistant coach yes. referred to as Jason Kidd? Yes. Like, you don't think that's a coach in the waiting? Well, I mean, you see superstars now. What are they signing? One- and two-year contracts because yep. they know. that you know, I'm going to go test the waters out in the city. But to go back to what we said, you know, I, I think the sooner, the sooner that we can begin to quit throwing around words like privilege and things like that, the sooner that we can begin to heal and begin to um, begin to move forward with these things. You know, there's a reason why the management people that get paid so much more money than all of us, the analytical guys, all that stuff, looked at Steve Nash. There's a reason why the superstars there all signed off on this because he's a player's coach. I mean, I mean he is. He's got a relationship with him. Golden State, the culture you're trying to build, this is different. You got, you've developed all your young talent. What has Steve Nash done since he's retired? He has developed talent. That's what he's done. Only time will tell, just like it will tell with Tom Thibodeau, just like it would tell with Mike D'Antoni. If they don't re-sign him in Houston, you know, it's Somebody's because they were on a short leash down there. Houston. He knew what he was getting into. I'm a Mike D'Antoni fan. Why? Back to my Steve Nash days down in Phoenix. I love that run-and-gun style that they play. So, you know, I think it's – back to your question, I think it's a great hire. I will say this. I think the reason why it surprised everybody, because nobody saw it coming. Well, no one – I don't – no one I saw today in any of the comments that were made, no one knew that Steve was even looking to try to become a head coach. Right. It seemed like People would ask him to come out of retirement. He didn't want to come out of retirement. Yeah, I think every he was enjoying what everybody thought he was just enjoying, you know, the player not the player coach, but the player development style where he yeah. just had to go in there practices and, and playing soccer in Canada. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I but I, I think that he's gonna do a great job. I really do. Yeah. I think he's gonna be a guy that people appreciate and I, like I said, I just hope he gets a fair shake and I hope the injury bug doesn't bite them and make yeah. him look worse. The care the public character side of him. There is nothing that we can th- – we're not the character police people, but yeah. there's nothing that I can say from his playing career that says, ooh, there's that – you know, there was that time he did this. He seems to be a great upstanding guy who just just cares for people. And, I yep. mean, I know we're talking sports here. I mean, so it is what it – only time will tell. So. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be really good. So, hey, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. Uh, we will hopefully get together really soon. We want to talk some uh, football really soon, some big moves going on down in Tampa. You know, we got a big start next week, Thursday night, with uh, the Texans playing the Chiefs. I'm already going to say it now. The Chiefs are going to win it. But, you know, I'm looking forward to season starting. Hey, fantasy football, our fantasy football draft is Monday night. Fantasy football draft. Are you excited about that? Man, I can't wait. I'm excited for this thing. The first ever John and Chris show fantasy football league. Uh, just going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and call it. Bring in the W's. I oh, got it right here. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be something new. But, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you try. Hey, look, uh, we've got a few more slots that are left open right now. If anybody's interested, just shout out to the show. And I will uh, let you in there. And we're going to have a lot of fun this time. And who knows? I may talk Chris into uh, we're buying a championship belt maybe. Probably not. But, hey. <laughs> I just want to see you walk rocking on one of those. I'd, I'd let you win just to see you try to wear that, wear that to work, especially. Yeah. Uh, so look, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will see you next time. Thank you guys for joining. God bless you. Mm-hmm.